Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 achievers growing our lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Thanks to Indeed for supporting Earn Your Happy. You can trust Indeed as a hiring partner because they want the same thing you do, finding quality candidates. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash happy. Offer valid through March 31st. And thank you to Thrive Cosmetics for supporting Earn Your Happy. Get luxury high-performance cosmetics that highlight your best features. For every purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help a woman thrive. Go to Thrive cosmetics.com slash Lori for 15% off your first order. So if someone's really got a massive following on Instagram, like making sure you're doing more than that. There's so many different things that you can be doing and should be doing. Because if you think about it, like if Instagram shuts down tomorrow, like that means your 2 million followers are now lost. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of Light Pink, best-selling author, three-time fitness world champion, 
And I'm a crazy, multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me everywhere from being a broke waitress, barista, retails associate, and personal trainer with massive anxiety and no belief in myself to later becoming a multi-millionaire in love with my life. In 2007, my husband and I lost everything. We found ourselves hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt at rock bottom. We had no ideas and I had no no education to fall back on. This is when I found personal development and learned everything I could about business, not by choice, but because I realized no one was coming to save me. The conversations on this podcast are going to let you know that you're not alone and that we all feel like we don't know what we're doing. We're going to give you the tools to help you face your fears, take action, start your business and grow those massive dreams that are keeping you up at night. It's time to create a life that you can't hide from and put so much on the line that your higher self is forced to come out. You're going to stop waiting for someone to approve of you and you're going to anoint yourself. Because I'm obsessed about building businesses that give women a platform, I want to feature you. So if you text the word podcast to 310-496-8363, you can get your questions answered on our Q&A segment along with a shout out. And if you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we're choosing someone every month to get coached and featured on our show. It just might be you. So let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Allie Grant, and I'm thrilled because she's been on the show before, but so much has happened since the last time I talked to her. And she launched Be Social in 2012 as one of the first agencies with a hyper focus on executing influencer outreach and collaboration. And you guys, you know, I'm so excited about this because of what I want to do with Light Pink and get it out into the market. Allie has recognized the power of digital creators and built a business harnessing their influence which is so vital now. Today, the communications group is headquartered in downtown LA, specializing in influencer media and events for brands and digital creators. We talk all about the importance of influencers and brands collaborating together, what that looks like and how to do it. With Ellie at the helm, Be Social has been named one of Inc.'s fastest growing businesses, spearheading digital forward campaigns across influencers, events, and editorial. So the firm supports and is partnered with the Freedom and Fashion Nonprofit, which uses the arts of fashion and beauty to empower youth overcoming trafficking, homelessness, and other injustices. Be Social has recently been acquired by Dolphin Entertainment. So exciting, putting the company alongside some of the entertainment's greatest. You can read the full story in Variety. And Ali also hosts the agency's podcast, Follow Me which has been rated as a top 100 business podcast on iTunes. So let's get started with the show. Allie, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. 
I know. I've been here before. <laughs> been here before. You guys can hear the whole story. I will link up that show as well. But I'm so excited to have you back because there has been a whole world of things that has happened since the last time yeah. we talked. I was really watching a few women who are out in the world who I knew had like offices, brick and mortars, all these different things where people went into the office to work. And I kind of was watching just how through COVID I was watching you. I was watching quite a few other people and just seeing how we were all navigating business and what that looked like. So I know that so many things were probably insanely challenging, but I also know that you came out really well. You ended up coming out really well. So before we get started, can you share with everybody what you do for people who don't know, kind of how that started? And then we'll we'll dive back into that initial kind of question. Hey everyone, my name is Allie Grant. I am the founder and CEO of a company called Be Social, and we are an influencer marketing agency. We do two things we represent influencers and we also help brands with their influencer strategy. So we're really like 360 and we do two parts of the business, which is interesting and unique. I've been doing this now for 10 years, which is crazy. So we're kind of at the start of the whole influencer industry. I think at that time we use the word blogger, not influencer. And it's been such a great industry to be a part of. It's evolved so much and so many things change on the daily, quite literally. (laughs) I love that. This is such an interesting space for me right now, especially because I've been, I've just been listening to a lot of just ideas on how, what the new ad is, right? Because the different costs Mm -hmm. of acquisition and for companies, for anyone who has a message, who has a product, anything like that. And so much is pointing towards the fact that you need, if you are a brand or an influencer, but if you're a brand that you're going to want to connect with influencers, with creators, mm-hmm. with really trying to get that sometimes organic, sometimes not organic, sometimes yeah. safe, but really <laughs> getting eyeballs. And it's really going to be TikTok, Instagram, all of the different ways to get out there. So, okay. Mm-hmm. First, I want to know, how did you do, what did you do to pivot really quickly through COVID? I know we're so over this conversation, but I want to oh, know. Just, I know. So many people, you know, it's, that's just a representation of what happens in business. Like there's so many moments like this that you always need Mm -hmm. to be ready to look at the next thing. What was something that you did right away with your company in order to start pivoting? Yeah. I mean, that was such a very anxiety inducing time, not only like personally, but professionally. And I think owning a company, being responsible for so many people's salaries, like it was a really dark time for me. I felt a lot of pressure. I mean, I think the hardest thing initially was realizing we couldn't work in our office, yet we were still paying a very large sum of money monthly for our rent, which was really stressful. So a lot of things, a lot of business very rapidly went away, like overnight. So that was like March 2020. We had Coachella. We had Stagecoach coming up. Our company does tons of influencer partnerships Mm -hmm. at big events like that. So really overnight, we saw six-figure contracts just completely go away. So we saw a massive decrease in revenue. Events in general were a big part of our business. So that was very difficult for us. So we had to brainstorm. And one of the things we actually created during that time is something called Brand Edit, which is a influencer mailer. So we started reaching out to different brands that typically would do like big events or gifting suites and things like that. And at the time, couldn't do those things. So we contracted them all to be in this like literally massive box that went out to influencers and sort of was like the way to get in touch with influencers in a way that you would have a gifting suite, but through the mail. 
And so we started that line of business, like completely new from the ground up, built it. And now to this day, two years later, we're still doing it. And it's actually a really big part of our business, which is exciting. And we've actually been able to turn it to in-person events. So we do these showrooms now that kind of match what we're putting into these mailers and boxes that go to influencers. So that was like a huge pivot for us. And then another thing we really saw was influencers were actually kind of being treated more like models for shoots and things like that, because a lot of brands couldn't do full-scale productions or shoots anymore. And so we actually got a ton of work that way of like, hey, I'm a brand that, you know, we're having our new line coming out. Mm. Can you shoot these in your home and post to social and give it to us to post on our e-com and that was a, another way where we were getting different business, but it was a difficult time. Like I, I have to say, like our revenue plummeted. It was pretty hard. Like a lot of the ways that we were generating income with, you know, our brands and our influencers and events, it just, it really went away overnight. So luckily we're crawling out of that. So that's good. Mm. So on the pod lately, we've been talking so much about supporting the actual entrepreneur, like supporting the soul of the entrepreneur. And that's at the end of the day, like when moments like that happen, you're thrown into moments where you are managing so much uncertainty, like you kind of like get out of the strategy of the company and you're now in your body going, how in the hell am I going to handle this pressure and handle this stress? What were some of the coping mechanisms that you did when it felt like it was crushing? Yeah, I actually at that time, like when COVID was starting to come in the news and all of that, I was like, I'm going to buy a treadmill. Like I have this feeling that gyms are going to shut down or something. Mm -hmm. And that has always been like my anxiety release is running. And so I ordered a treadmill like on Amazon and it came like, I don't know, the day we closed our office or something. And for me, that was literally a game changer. I think every day I 30 minutes to an hour on the treadmill was like my absolute release because there was so much uncertainty and I had a lot of, you know, anxiety and I was just, you didn't know what was happening next. And I think like I had mentioned that pressure of being responsible for so many people's Mm. income, really like the success of this company isn't just affecting me. It's affecting our employees, our clients. It's more than just me. So I think that pressure was difficult and that it's also, you're getting all this pressure and personally it's taxing. And then you also have to be creative and pivot and try and figure out new things. So yeah, I'm glad we're getting out of this that time for sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. To the treadmill. I ordered a treadmill. I ordered a Peloton. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. I need to do all of the serotonin and dopamine like releasing <laughs> that I possibly can for my brain. Just one more question around that for compartmentalizing your thoughts, because for me, I'm finding like you had a lot of people's salaries. I have a lot of investors like trying to compartmentalize and manage those thoughts where it's kind of like, Okay, allowing yourself to think of it or go to worst case scenario, but then be like, we're done. And then in order to like create that space where you can be creative, because that needs to be like a very light, it can't be coming from a fearful space. So is there anything that you do to kind of or say to yourself in order to like switch modes or kind of like let go or make peace with the stress and anxiety? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I still to this day, I think struggle with that. I think you're so right that creativity can't come from a place that like your mind just has to be like straight and right to be creative. So it Mm -hmm. it is difficult. I think for me, it's just like the balance of it all. And it is, you know, some people work this way, some people don't, but 
I feel like I turn on like a different part of me when I'm working. And then I try so hard to turn that off when I'm not working. Because I think a lot of the decisions that you have to make as a CEO of a company are often maybe not aligned with like how you are naturally as like a person, Mm -hmm. right? Like your business mind and your personal mind like are very different. And there's a lot of difficult decisions that have to be made in the best interest of the business and the future of the company. And I think that for me constantly is is difficult, but it's the like separating the two in my mind. It's like when I come into my office first thing and I have my coffee, I'm like, okay, I'm putting my like business hat on and decisions must be made with that in mind. But that's kind of the only thing that really has sort of worked for me. But you know, I mean, yeah. it's so difficult, right? Like it really is. Because I think too, with like a business that you started from scratch and has grown, it's like you identify so much with the company. Like you're so personally intertwined with it. And it's like that separation is so difficult, but it, like it has to happen for your like own sanity. It really does. I so feel that. It is something that's hard to explain like that, but it is kind of like, okay, I am now getting into this mode. Like I now have to be this yeah. person and really, yeah, because it's not like we would choose to be having a lot of really tough conversations that we would rather not or rather avoid yeah. or rather be able to keep people on and make people happy, but that's not going to make yeah. your company thrive, you know? So, oh my gosh. Right. I think sometimes it's just like the nicest thing as an entrepreneur is knowing that other people are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. So anybody listening is probably like, oh, I'm just so glad that I'm not alone in that. Okay. So let's talk about, you do both sides. You do the brand side and you do the influencer mm-hmm. side. I can absolutely see why this could be such a massive benefit and probably a little bit stressful as well. Just it adds another layer to your business of focusing on two Mm -hmm. different things. But why don't we start just because so many people on here are either they either have their own business or they're kind of considering themselves as influencers or they're building a personal brand. So let's talk about what you do from the influencer side. So that part of the business, we represent about 70 different creators. And when I say creator, that means like essentially someone who has like a big social print or following on really any platform. 80% of what we do is probably on Instagram though. But as we've seen TikTok take off, like we're looking to represent more creators in that space because brands are spending more there. They really are. What the reason for that is? I think it used to be literally 100% of the offers coming in would be for Instagram. And I feel like now it's probably almost 50-50 at this point. So if you're a creator and not on TikTok, you're certainly like losing out on opportunity and money. (laughs) And I think the reason brands are spending there is the ability for content to just go more viral there. I think creating content there has the opportunity to reach more eyes when done thoughtfully. And I think too, it's just a younger demographic. Like if you're looking to tap into Gen Z, that's kind of where you need to go. So I think that's the combination of those two things is why brands are wanting to spend more there. If you're building a business, if you're starting a business, one of the most important things you can do is work hard to create an amazing team, to hire an amazing team, to find an amazing team. 
And it's also one of the biggest challenges. Don't want to scare you, but I want to help you. That's why I want to talk about Indeed. It is tough to find super quality candidates who care about the progress of your business. It's hard to create a thorough interview process if you've never done this before. And there's so many different employment laws that you have to abide by in your state and keeping organized can be challenging as well. It can be really stressful, but that's why you need a hiring partner that can help you rise to the challenge. And that's Indeed. Instead of spending all of those hours trying to become an expert on multiple job sites, hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you just need one powerful hiring partner that can help you with it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. With Indeed's instant match feature, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post, according to Indeed data. Candidates you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. One of the things I love about Indeed is not only the quality of candidates that come through, but the fact that I only have to pay if the applicant meets my requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash happy. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash happy to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash happy. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For anybody listening, I think even if you don't know how it works yet in your business or you yeah. don't know how to fit, like it pays off so much to go and study it, especially if you are an influencer. And then we can talk about that from the brand side as well. So yeah. when you say that you represent influencers, what does that look like? Yeah, so we're really like 360 involved. So most of what we do is the digital partnership. So say like a Maybelline reaches out and they want to work with Whitney Carson, who we represent, will, you know, negotiate that deal and then help Whitney see through the contract. So creating the content, the deliverables, getting them posted, analytics afterwards. So that's the majority of what we're doing, either handling the incoming inquiries that are coming through as well as approaching different brands and introducing our creators to them. I would say it's probably 50-50. So 50% just inbound and 50% outbound of the work that we're like actually outreaching to the brands or brands that are coming to our agencies for big castings and things like that. And then the other part of what we do is like ancillary revenue. So working on different things like, you know, creating a podcast or launching a brand or a product or things like that, just like different revenue streams to help the creator continue to monetize and make use of the social footprint that they have. When you said, you know, we work with 70 big influencers, who is somebody that you are looking to work with? Like, what's the number? What does that mean? Like, who is someone that you can help monetize? Yeah. And I think that's such a good question because I think, and I used to think this too, it's like, oh, it just matters how many followers they have. Like, you know, if they have 2 million followers, of course, that's a great client. But that is certainly not the case. You can have 2 million followers and make way less than someone with 50,000 followers that is like super niche and creates great content and is really brandable and commercial. So following count really doesn't matter. It really is kind of, you know, how unique is their content? What is the quality of their content? How engaged are their followers? And also we like to have these discovery calls with people who want to get represented by us and really learn like, 
what they want to do. Like, what are their goals, long-term objectives and things like that to make sure there's a fit and that we can actually help them. Because of course, yes, we could do the brand partnerships, but like beyond that, like what do they want to do? And I think too, making sure that they are committed to creating content and really like, obviously we all know this is a business, a very viable business, and you really have to show up every single day and you have to be dedicated to it. So it's a matter of having your own strategy, be willing to create content consistently, engaging with your followers. So. I mean, we had people on our roster with, you know, 100,000 followers who are making tons of money, more than people with millions of followers, quite frankly, because they're doing it right. So the vetting process is, you know, really getting to know them, their goals, and if they're just like a good person and easy and nice and good to work with. It's such a hands-on relationship. We're texting with our clients, we're meeting with them, we're like talking every single day. So you really have to like the person and vice versa. Let's say someone is not to that point yet, but they want to get to this point to be able to uh, maybe work with you guys or come in and say, this is my overall goal. I'd like to find these few partners that would really be a great fit that I could create content for. Here's my goals. Here's what I'm aligned with, my core values. That's at least what I'm picking Mm -hmm. up from what you're saying. But they're not quite there yet. What are some things that they can do to start, you know, maybe figuring out what their niche is, putting themselves out there and maybe just testing some different brands and seeing what fits before they even get paid? Are those things that you would recommend as kind of like test across the board, some different ideas? Can you share some things that you would tell somebody if their next year goal would be to have a company or work with you guys in order to create these different partnerships as well? Yeah, I think if you're an influencer looking for management, I think when you do the reach out, one of the first questions will be like, what are your most recent partnerships that you've done? And how much money did you make from that? So if you're not in a place to be like, I've done X, Y, and Z partnerships, I think you have to build to get there so you can sort of show that. And I think a really good first step is kind of like what you said, obviously, is like working on your content, your strategy, your focus, and then start introducing yourself to brands, which you can find contacts on LinkedIn or DM the Instagram accounts of these brands and start doing gifting and sharing that type of content. Ask to be like, you know, going to events and things like that, like just getting yourself out there as well as signing up for platforms like Forecard or things like that, where they have different brand partnerships going on and start like just drumming up that business on your own and have like a few case studies that shows you working with a brand and the success from that. Because really, that's what the manager will be able to sell. And they likely would like to have some history of that before signing you. Do you recommend kind of going into something, let's say there's a partnership that you have your eyes on and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like my North Star partnership. Would you start creating content for free and getting on their radar? What are kind of like those organic get noticed, but put the work in type of things? Yeah. I mean, I even say that to people who have, you know, millions of followers and do tons of partnerships to this day. If they have that like brand they're dying to work with. And in most cases, unless you're super lucky, like they're not going to be like knocking down your door to work with you. Like, so I think the best next step is to reach out, get on their gifting schedule or go buy the product at Sephora and create content and get it in front of them. And that's how we have brokered these deals in the past is like, 
we're now like, hey, look at this content we've made. Look at, you know, the engagement on it. Like if you're doing any casting for partnerships, hello, we're here <laughs> type of thing. So yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good strategy. Okay, awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about, you keep talking about the gifting schedule. So this is when they send out yeah. different, you know, new gifts or things like that. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So, I mean, that's like basically an organic influencer gifting. And so a lot of brands do this. Many influencers, you see like the unboxings and things like that. So essentially what brands are doing is sending out these mailers of products to influencers in the hopes that they will post about it organically, meaning not contractually, not being paid for it. And it's a way for them to garner awareness. And I think too, it's like, A lot of these brands are developing these gifting lists of influencers to see, hey, who's going to like, you know, try our product, share about it organically. And if they do, potentially moving them to like, hey, that's someone we might want to hire and pay for our next campaign. I think like I said before, like trying to get on those lists is like step one to get on their radar for sure. With our skin being our biggest organ, it's probably pretty important that we pay attention to what goes into our beauty products. So I'm always relieved when I find a brand that I know is dedicated to creating effective products with clean, safe ingredients like Thrive Cosmetics. Thrive Cosmetics products contain no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates, and they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. There's also a reason that the cause in cosmetics is spelt C-A-U-S-E. Thrive Cosmetics has a bold mission that's truly bigger than beauty. You know that I love this because that's what Light Pink is all about. And for every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help struggling women thrive, such as emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. There's truly no better feeling than being able to support a woman-owned business that supports other women. It's my personal mission to always support women. So I'm so aligned with this. One of my favorite products is their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. Hello. I have a tough time finding a good mascara and I've gone through so many different brands, but this one totally does the trick and makes my thin eyelashes actually look thick. It's no question that you need to add Thrive Cosmetics to your beauty collection if you love clean beauty and supporting other women-owned businesses. It's a no-brainer. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash Lori. Remember, that's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Lori for 15% off your first order. What do you get asked the most from the influencer side? Let's go with first like, maybe before people come into your company, what do you get asked the most? And then let's just say for people who are with you, but want to go to the next level, maybe a question that they start asking. Yeah. So for the first one, I think I get asked a lot, just how do you introduce yourself to a brand? Like how do you get on their radar? So some of the things we just talked about, posting about them, sharing content about them, DMing their Instagram account, finding the influencer or marketing manager on LinkedIn, getting their email, and then just sending an introduction email, literally, right? It's like sales 101. This is who I am. This is what I can do. Here's the type of content I can create. And here's a little bit about my following, you know, and that's literally it. 
I mean, granted, they get tons of these emails daily um, in a role like that, but that is truly step one. Mm. And if you can't contact someone via email, try DMing the Instagram account because whoever's running the Instagram account probably runs the influencer program. So now you're getting like literally straight into their DMs. So that's a question I get a lot. And then I think for the influencers we represent and have been working with for a long time, I think it's, you know, the question of like, how do I take it to the next step is always there as well as like, how do I pivot to more luxury brands or how do I pivot into a space that I'm like not in right now? Like I only put post about beauty, but I want to do more fashion. I think that's kind of the question we constantly get. And the answer is quite simple, right? Like if you want to be attractive to fashion brands, post about fashion Mm -hmm. (laughs) and start doing more of that. And I think too, it's also creating, like I said before, case studies of like Mm. how you can work with these brands and what you can deliver. And I think LTK reward style is a great option for that. So get on LTK, start creating links, like prove what you can drive and like the types of sales and clicks and things that you can drive for these brands and use that data to then sell to them, do a brand partnership. So I think that's super important as well. Oh, I love that. I mean, that's so good for you as the influencer to know like what is hitting Mm -hmm. with each brand because then you have control to go in obviously and negotiate more, which I love LTK, but cutting out the middleman and being able to go directly so that you can, can get that. That's really cool. What have we not covered on the influencer portion that you want to share about before we move into the brand portion? Yeah. I mean, I think another question too is like diversifying your platforms. Mm. So I think that is something I constantly push. So if someone's really got a massive following on Instagram, like making sure you're doing more than that. So we talked about TikTok, launching a podcast, a YouTube channel, being super active on the LTK app or starting a blog. Like there's so many different things that you can be doing and should be doing. Because if you think about it, like if Instagram shuts down tomorrow, like that means your 2 million followers are now lost. So let's try and like string them around to other places and get them on a newsletter. Like what Mm -hmm. else are we doing with that following? And what else are you providing to them as well? So that's probably the biggest thing I really try and focus on with the clients that I work with. What about real quick for when the influencer is creating their content for Mm -hmm. the brand specifically, is there a set of questions that you kind of say, hey, when you're creating content, think about X, Y, and Z, or what does the brand want? What are the selling points of the brand? Or what are the things that really made you love the brand? Are there certain things that you're like, when these get hit on, this is normally what we see work well? Yeah. So when working with the brand, usually they provide like a very strict brief. So with like all the talking points they want the influencer to hit with the promo code, et cetera. And I think the best brands and the brands that do it right are the ones that are more collaborative and they're willing to be more flexible. So for example, I just did a campaign with a beauty brand and they really wanted the influencer to focus on one particular product. But after receiving the whole bunch of products, she realized that wasn't actually her favorite one. Mm. And we sort of pivoted and asked if we could talk about different products because it felt more natural and organic to her. So I think when you do get in these partnerships, it is important to relate to the brand. Like these are the things that work on my channel and this is why. And like try and be collaborative with them. Because otherwise, I think these partnerships become so salesy and Mm. ad-like that it's like an infomercial. 
And it's really just like not doing anyone justice, right? Like not your following, not the brand and not you. So mm-hmm. I definitely encourage you to speak out and be like, I don't want to do it this way. And I want to do it this way for X reason. Yeah, I love that. Even from like a consumer standpoint, when I can see an influencer is super passionate about something and yes, they might be getting paid now, but in the beginning, yeah. maybe they weren't. I love even hearing about it. Like the other day, Lauren Bostick was talking about something that I was like, I would buy this immediately because of how yeah. passionate you are about it. I love that. It's actually enter. It becomes entertaining also for the consumer. And then we do what you want us to do. We buy the stuff. Let's talk about the brand side. Well, first of all, what's your opinion on brands advertising or needing influencers? Obviously, I'm a little biased, but (laughs) I mean, influencer marketing works. Like it really does. And like we have the data to back it up, whether that's through, you know, swipe ups or conversions or promo code redemption, it really does work. And when you're talking about an organic gifting program, the cost and barrier of entry is like pretty low, right? Like you might be paying an employee to handle it or paying an agency to handle it, but it's not too expensive. And then when you go into the partnership side of things, yes, like obviously very costly, it can be. But beyond, you know, just getting the awareness, it's like the credibility. And then you also have the ability to drive people to your website and conversions. And think about how expensive creating content is, right? Like if you're to get this beautiful content from an influencer, from a partnership, like that has value in itself for reposting on your socials, using it on your website, etc. So I feel like there's tons of value in influencer marketing beyond just driving sales, which people typically think that's the only thing going on. How do you fit together the brands and the influencers? Is there like a trial period? What does that all look like when a brand comes to you and is like, we're really looking for a perfect fit? How do we know? We don't want to throw all this money out right away. Yeah, I do know the drill. And I think For brands that are like getting into influencer marketing, it's like very overwhelming and it's quite confusing. And like you hear so many different things. There's so many articles you could read about influencer marketing. So there's just like a lot going on. And it's sort of like still a little bit the wild, wild west, right? Like the pricing scales are all over the place. Engagement rates are all over the place. It's difficult to navigate. But I think the best way to start and get your feet wet in influencer marketing is just doing product seeding and gifting to start and see how that goes. Depending on like the cost of your product, like I said before, like it's not too expensive to do this program. So say you start with like 30 influencers and start gifting to them. I think that's the best way to figure it out at first and see like who posts, who likes it. And when they do post, what lift do we get? Do we get anything? Like, you know, did we get more followers? Did we get traffic? And then from there, building out a paid partnership program. And really, I think it's either hiring someone in-house who understands influencer marketing. It's a specialty. Like you need someone who knows what they're doing, who knows the right influencers, who has worked with influencers, has the relationships, knows how to gauge the analytics and, you know, how it converted in the ROI or hire an agency who like really has it all figured out and has a team that can do it for you on your behalf. But I think just like trying to pull an influencer program together with like existing staff who don't quite understand the world, like I don't know how successful that would be. Yes. Where would you say you see 
brands going wrong and where do you see them going right with influencers? I think for the most part, brands A are probably not like really utilizing any sort of software or program to run these partnerships. And so they have no sense of like the data behind who they're hiring. I mean, I've seen it firsthand as we will get approached by a brand who's like, hey, we want to pay your influencer X to do this partnership without doing any research of their own, really. So it's like, I think that step one is looking at like the analytics and demographics of the influencer. And there's great software that you can do that with, like Tribe Dynamics or Creator IQ. Or it's simply just like asking the influencer, hey, can you send me a screenshot of your demographics, your story views, your story swipe ups, so I can get a sense of like what it looks like to partner with you. And I think digesting that information and then coming up with who you want to work with through that is like key. And I feel like some brands just look at maybe the photos the person posts or mm. whatever it might be. But I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it depends on what your like KPIs are, right? If you just want beautiful photos, of course, just hire the person with the beautiful photos. But if you're looking for sales, conversions, really tapping into your key demo, then you need all of those analytics. I highly suggest investing in some sort of software. And they're not cheap. Creator IQ is, I think, five figures plus. It's not cheap, but it really helps you with list building and casting and analytics and program management. And housing it into one place is, is really nice. If you were a brand right now, what would your game plan be for launching or for scaling? Let's do for launching and for scaling as far as influencers. I think about this daily because I'm like, okay, if this was actually my money that I was spending, like, what would I do? So I think first off, having some sort of event with influencers is like a great starting point. So the investment obviously is finding a location, you know, food and drinks and things like that. But I think the value of getting, say, like 30 influencers in one room with your product and your brand is so valuable. There's nothing better than that. You're getting to gift them, introduce it in person. They can test and try it. And for whatever reason, influencers are much more apt to be posting at events and in person than if you're going to go and like mail something to them. So typically the impressions are are really high. I'd also do some sort of mailer and it would be a creative mailer, like something very interesting, eye-touching to be delivered to say 30 to 50 influencers. And I wouldn't be blind sending this. I would be sending a note, say making sure they actually want to receive it and could be interested in creating content around it. Of course, you're not going to be like, hey, you have to post it or I'm not sending it. Because that's kind of a no-no if you're not paying. But just making sure like, hey, like, is this a brand you might be interested in? Like, I see it could fit in your content in a few ways. Just like making sure we're aligned. Sending that out. And then I kind of take a month off and look at all that data and figure out who posted and what the lift was on those posts. And then kind of recalibrate and figure out what's next from here. And probably build some sort of ambassador program where I have maybe five to 10 people that I'm constantly working with to help me create content, to do takeovers on my socials, to come to events that we have, and really be integrated into the brand. 
And depending on what type of brand or product this is, another approach I would work on too would be developing some sort of capsule collection with the influencer, a particular influencer, someone who I feel like really hits my target demographic and really resonates with the brand and creating, say we're talking about fashion, like maybe they create their own colorway of a swimsuit or something that fits into the collection because those are really powerful and that you basically get someone coming into your brand to create tons of content. The investment is high, yes, but I think you get a lot more than what is contracted like on paper. So we've seen those be super successful. But yeah, and then just like ongoing gifting, like really just like having someone focus monthly on gifting products, seeding products, scouring the internet, listening on social media, seeing who's posting, engaging with their content, and also investing in micro-influencers who are beautiful content creators to get content for my own social media feed would be another approach too. I would have tons of things going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've, I have endless money with this brand that I've created. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can you do it all. gave really tangible, like you gave good numbers. So you gave away completely tangible things for people yeah. to be doing. You know, you didn't say, I'd start with 500 influencers. You're like 30 to yeah. 50. And then you kind of narrow yeah. it down. And I actually love that you had mentioned, sometimes it's so easy to think we need to do everything all at once. But I love that you keep going back to let's try this, let's get the data. Mm -hmm. And then let's build like what you want more permanent from this. So I love, Mm -hmm. love, love this approach, because it's really easy when you have a brand or when you're an influencer to like get really overwhelmed and think you need to do it all at once. And it's just like, you're just throwing so much shit at the wall. And (laughs) you just feel like a psycho. Um, Yeah, and the data surprises you. I recently, we did a campaign with a nail polish company and we had hired, she's a nail artist. She creates beautiful nail content. Like everyone who follows her is into nail art and nail polish. And then we were like, okay, let's also try a lifestyle influencer who kind of posts like broadly about so many different things. And she converted, the lifestyle influencer converted so well, sold so many nail polishes. And it's just so interesting. It's kind of not what you would have expected, right? Yeah. And so that's why like, I always say like, let's take a beat. Like, let's look at the data. And I think it might surprise you on who works and who doesn't. Oh, that's so interesting. And I guess that's why yeah. it's so important to invest in some of those softwares because otherwise you just, you really won't know where it's coming from, right? It's yeah. probably easy to look at that money and be like, oh, well, we could invest this in this other big influencer, but it's probably better to like, invest and know where your numbers are coming from, especially if they're coming from more either niche or micro or just different places. So that's really powerful. Okay. What are some things that we need to know if we're a brand and then if we're an influencer, we want to come in and work with you? So essentially for a brand wanting to work with a company like Be Social, obviously having some sort of budget. I think, you know, working with an agency can, there's a lot of uh, sticker shock. I think people don't understand how much it costs. So I would say like a good starting point for working with an agency might be around like $3,000 a month, like at a minimum, where some can charge up to $30,000 a month for services, kind of ranges on what they're doing, obviously. So having a budget in mind, having an understanding of like your KPIs of what you want to do and achieve with working with an agency, and then making sure you have inventory. 
I think that's like the biggest thing that we get is like a brand will come to us and, oh yeah, I want to do influencer marketing. And then we kind of get down to it and realize they don't have enough inventory to even have a successful influencer program. So I think that's a big piece of it too. And realizing it, you know, it takes time, right? Like month one, we're doing discovery and strategy, then we're doing seeding and then we're doing analytics and all this stuff. So it's not overnight success, like many people might think. You will have like your one-off hits where you guys talking to someone yesterday where this TikToker just randomly bought her product and showed it on her TikTok and she literally sold out of Ulta like overnight from this TikTok, oh my just one, t- one yeah. TikTok post. So you will have those like one-off hits and we've totally done that before where the brand is like, oh my gosh, so-and-so posted like we have to work with them more now. So you will have those things, but... I think with like just starting with the seeding and things like that, it's trying and seeing who works and Mm -hmm. kind of taking that data from there. So yeah, I think that's kind of, kind of it. But like typically an agency will have, you know, two or three people in your account working on your behalf and really utilizing their relationships, the softwares they use and just like our approach and strategy behind it. And of course, yes, you could hire someone in-house to do this work. And that often works really well, but it's an investment, right? Yeah, there's definitely, there's pros and cons to both sides. And even just some of the things that you had talked about with your agency, they probably already have all of the software. (laughs) Probably have already put all of those things in that you don't think about. So sometimes agencies are a great place to start. Sometimes, you know, it just, it really depends. I've just found sometimes it can be a great starting point if you don't want to make all of those investments, not just starting point, but also scaling because you have so many great relationships as well. And that's huge too. Like, that's just one thing that I want to point out is, you know, because we're always going back and forth with in-house and agencies for all that we're doing. And there's so much to be said about just figuring out what relationships those people do have. So if that's something that you guys are thinking about working with the social group is that, you know, there's so many incredible relationships, like looking who's on the roster, looking at people who've worked with them, like is so many things like that. So for the influencer side, real quick, for people who want to see if they're fit, want to potentially get involved, what is that process? Again, they go and fill out. It's just on our website, just an email. It's represent at the social group and really just send your media kit information about yourself. And then from there, we would have a discovery call if it's the right fit, just to learn more about each other. Okay, amazing. And I just want to touch on the fact that you sold this company and you're still working there and you're still growing it and you're still, (laughs) but that's like so exciting because the conversation we're having a lot here as well is a lot of people don't know that sometimes we start companies and you can have the ultimate goal of selling your company. Totally. Was that always the goal or? No, I like, honestly, didn't even know that was like a thing. Like, of course I knew like Coca-Cola buys beverage companies, but I think when you're like thinking in the world of like agencies and like the service industry, I don't know, it just didn't really cross my mind. So no, I was not thinking about that. But what I was thinking about at the time that these different companies started talking with me was like, what is my five-year plan? Like, what does it look like from here? Right. And I think if you own a company, it's like, unless you have some sort of acquisition or exit strategy, it's like, well, then you're kind of doing this forever. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I was thinking about that deeply, I was like, huh, an acquisition is kind of interesting. Right. 
it just depends. I think people sell their companies for various reasons. For me, like I'm still at the beginning of my career, like I'm not ending my career anytime soon. So for me, it was about, you know, resources and investments and things like that to take the company to the next level. And, you know, helping me like develop a five-year plan from here, right? Mm -hmm. And like, helping me better hone in on what's next for Be Social and what we can continue to achieve. So congratulations. (laughs) That's so huge. It just gives us more options. You know, I love that you brought this into our realm and shared that because it really gives people more options and also realizing like this isn't your last rodeo. Like Mm -hmm. There -hmm. can be a lot more when you go into things thinking like this, like starting something, especially if you're someone who loves to start things, ideate, Uh get teams going and then... (laughs) do it again. That's so right to a T. I'm like, okay, so what comes next? (laughs) So thank you so much for being on you guys. We will link up everything so that you can go and check it out. Definitely just go check out her company, go check out her social because it is such a great guide, such a good North star. If it's something that you want to start doing and aiming towards or start working with her now, uh, if you really want to start scaling and getting into those brand partnerships. So Allie, where's the best spot for us to follow along? Yeah. I am on Instagram, just Allie Grant. Be social is too. It's just at Be Social Group and pretty active on both of those for the most part. So that's probably the best place. Awesome. And you guys, you know, the biggest thing that we can do for our guests is to tag Allie and let her know what your biggest takeaway was from this podcast. It's always so much fun to see who is listening and what you got out of it. Allie, you have one L, right? Yeah, ALI. Mm-hmm. ALI. Until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives life. 
It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthday.com slash Lori. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. 
then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. 